Live from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's just another manic m- 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 Monday here on Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels joining you. Welcome to all of you watching on the TV network. Welcome to all of you watching on Zumo Channel 19. Welcome to all of you who are watching via podcast form. This is your Sports Central for betters. The next hour, we're going to break down as much as we possibly can to give you the information you need to win, not just tonight but all week and all season long. You follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow Ralph on Twitter at CalSportsLV. We appreciate all of the comments and questions we've been getting from sports viewers on Twitter. Please keep sending them. We love the feedback. We appreciate the questions. We'll do our best to answer as many as we can on air. Let's get into it, Ralph. It is Monday morning. The NFL is on everybody's mind. Insanity yesterday. Start to finish. Spread outcomes coming down to the wire. If you still have fingernails today, that means you had a couple of right sides and wrong sides, but a lot of games right down to it. Let's start. Let's start in Kansas City because this doesn't happen all the time in the NFL. It really doesn't. A legitimate middle in that ballgame. Doesn't matter if you bet the Chiefs or the Ravens, you were supposed to cash a winning ticket on it. That is a nightmare result for bookmakers. Has been, doesn't, doesn't happen in the NFL a lot. But Kansas City legitimately sat five and a half, six, six and a half all week. Then over the weekend, they were legitimately down to four, four and a half against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson made some incredible plays, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes right now, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. It's not even close. And the two point version, Ralph, comes up short for Baltimore. Even by five, lands right in the middle. Yeah, multiple two-point conversions that failed for Baltimore. You know, seriously, it's just a question of the backdoor cover. The Ravens moving the ball against a prevent defense with Kansas City up. It happens off the time. We talk about Kansas City. Yes, their offense is potentially historically good, and even with Tyreek Hill in the lineup, but that defense is historically bad. I mean, they were number 31 in the league last year. They're going to be on the field so much with Mahomes' offense moving the ball so fast that, you know, clearly their numbers are, are just going to be inflated playing this prevent defense all the time. Well, exactly. And the wise guys, they bet against KC to the first three weeks. I expect we're going to see more money coming to the Chiefs this week because of those defensive numbers. Uh, but Kansas City's not playing defense like your average team. They're playing with a lead and saying, get as much charge as you want. Knock yourself out. You're still not going to outscore us. It's worked for the Chiefs in each of the first three ball games. Big headline today, certainly in the New York game, <laughs> is Daniel Jones is a legend. Forget Eli. Jones, fourth down scramble, gets the chance to win. But before we go, let me make this very clear. This was all about Tampa Bay. Tampa won the game. But, oh, their kicker missed a shot field goal after Arians took the uh, uh, delay of game penalty to make a better angle for him. Yes, the Giants won. Yes, the Giants covered. But the Giants' defense was awful again yesterday, as good as Daniel Jones was or not. 
Yeah, I mean, and excited as you are being a Giants fan, that is certainly tempered by the news with Barkley now being out probably for a couple months. So, you know, you think all of a sudden, boom, we've turned the corner. Uh, you look you look at the numbers. I mean, the New York Giants still only had 17 first downs. They put up 384 yards. I did uh, look up a stat because they were down by 18 at halftime. In the last 20 seasons, going back to 1999, they are only the 27th team to be trailing by 18 or more at halftime and win the game. So 27 divided by 20, about 1.2 times a year this happens that we get this type of comeback. And yeah, it's exciting with a new quarterback. Tampa didn't prepare for Jones. There's a difference there. Expecting to defend Eli Manning and then boom, you know, with Daniel Jones, there was no game on, no game film on him. He was a little more mobile than they expected. And on his feet, two touchdowns through the air, a couple touchdowns. Nice first performance for Daniel Jones. The Giants defense got awful again yesterday and <laughs> uh, won the game, but it came in spite of that defense, not because of it. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones is a big part of it, but don't for a minute think that the Giants have something a good team because they may have found a quarterback. And Jones was better than in his first start. So. <laughs> whatever that's worth. Sometimes in the NFL, in any sport, you're going to have a right side wrong result where the betting markets have given you something and then you're like, oh, well, uh, I cashed in, even though you're dead wrong. The Jets were awful on Sunday. Nothing but awful against the Patriots. They were down 30 to nothing in that game. They were non-competitive. But then New England fumbled a punt and then the game was such a blowout that Jared Stidham came in to throw a pick six. The Jets gained 100 yards of offense and cover the number, losing 30 to 14 in a blowout game at New England. Well, there, there's not many times in the NFL where a team has six first downs, was 0-12 on, on third down, and put up 105 yards and covered the spread. Hey, but we talked about these inflated numbers. Vegas is just going to keep pumping these numbers on New England and against Miami until they found a number that uh, they can cash with the dog. That number was that number last night with uh, New England. Didn't care to blow them out. Stopped scoring at 30 and gave up two cheap touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. The Patriots went over the Dolphins 29 to nothing were it not for the two pick sixes. Let's talk about one more before we go to the break real quick. And this was the Wise Guys special. The Wise Guys pounded the Lions. Not the Philly special, the Wise Guys special. They were against Philadelphia. Philly with all kinds of wide receiver injuries. They lose the game straight up, although a lot of that had to come with Detroit <laughs> uh, making plays on special teams like their 100-yard kick return touchdown. 15 seconds, what do you got? The Eagles and the Lions. Philly still at a 373 to 287 yard edge. The Eagles minus two turnovers. That enough to give the Lions a win. We've got so much more when it comes to NFL recap. Stay tuned right here on Wayne. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back 
This is Ralph Michaels for segment two. We're going to continue on with the NFL. Teddy covers having a few technical issues. He'll be joining us back in a minute. Going through the recap of the NFL card for yesterday, we're going to start with the Vikings who dominated the LA Raiders. The LA, the excuse me, Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders next year. The Raiders in a situation now. Their home game against Kansas City was on September 15th. The Raiders' next home game, November the 3rd against Detroit. Two road games, a trip to London, a bye, and two more road games. We talked about it last week, the Minnesota Vikings. The most dominant team as a home favorite in the NFL. Now 23-6 and against the spread. From start to finish, Minnesota handled this game. Kirk Cousins, again, had the luxury of throwing the ball only 21 times. Delvin Cook, another 110-yard performance. And the Minnesota Vikings, 385 yards, only a 385 to 302-yard edge. But when the Vikings get the lead, they certainly can dominate. Switching gears, and we're going to look at the Colts and the Falcons. The Indianapolis Colts jumped out to the early lead. Atlanta and Matt Ryan got it going in the second half. Over 300 pass yards for Matt Ryan in that role. And the uh, Colts win the game 27-23. Jacoby Brissett, 22, excuse me, 28 of 37, 310 yards, a quarterback rating of 118. And Mac continues to be a beast on the ground. 18 carries, 74 yards, and another TD. What impressed me the most? The Indianapolis Colts, 29 first downs. That's a big number to put up at home. So again, I think all the answers about luck have been answered to this point. Jacoby Brissett can be a starting NFL quarterback as we continue to move on. I'll tell you what, I had the Broncos as a top 10 defense, as I think most people did in this league, and it is absolutely mind-boggling. You look at the Denver Broncos now, 0-3 on the season, zero sacks, zero turnovers created. Von Miller has been non-existent, and to me, this is the biggest head-scratcher of any unit on the field in the NFL. It's that Denver defense, you know, and when you're looking at a Denver defense and you have a quarterback that's aged, you have an offensive line that is aged. It's a situation that Denver really can be in trouble. Green Bay jumped out to the early lead, got a big play early from Aaron Rodgers, 17 of 29 for Rodgers, 235 yards. Again, and that was without a rushing game. The Packers continue to struggle in the rush attack. Green Bay only 312 yards, only 16 first downs. Joe Flacco, again, 20 of 29. The stats don't look bad. 213 yards, but an 0-1 ratio. And Phillip Lindsay, 21 carries. They kept trying to give him the rock. Him and Freeman combined for 36 carries on the game for 147 yards but no big plays. Their longest run was 13 yards in the game. That's not going to get it done for Denver. Again, the Broncos fans now 0-3. The Packers sitting at 3-0 and 
as we continue to move on. The Dallas Cowboys uh, played about a half, but when you're playing Miami, that's about all you need to play. Uh, Still covered the 23-point spread. You look at the Cowboys, to me, best team in the NFC. I think the offense is dynamic. When you have a trio of Prescott and uh, and Elliott, and then you add Cooper to the mix, they have their tight end Wittens who's helping them. The Miami, the Miami team, I tweeted something out today, and folks, let's remember one year ago today, the Miami Dolphins were sitting at 3-0 in the AFC East. Exactly one year later, how you go from being a 3-0 team to being the one of the worst teams that's going to get double-digit points every game this season is, is just mind-boggling. It really is. The, the players they jettisoned and what you're looking at. The Dallas Cowboys, 476 yards. Held Miami to 283, a lot of that in garbage time. Dak Prescott, 19 of 32 for 246, a 2-1 ratio. Ezekiel Elliott, 125 yards rushing. Pollard, 103 yards rushing. Again, with that defense, the Cowboys have my number one team in the AFC right now, the Dallas Cowboys. We're moving on to Josh Allen, fourth quarter comeback king. Uh, It's a situation Buffalo shouldn't have been in. Buffalo didn't cover the spread. They were laying, uh, they were laying about six. They were uh, a play that got a lot of action. Talking to some sports book directors here in Vegas, a lot of people were on this Bills defense, which had been very good playing those first two road games against the Jets and the Giants, winning both. Again, both were at the stadium. But the same stadium, but now they're in a setting where they return back home for their home opener, played a Cincinnati team that had gotten crushed the week before. What does Buffalo do? Jumps out to the big lead, ends up losing the lead in the fourth quarter, and Josh Allen with the game-winning drive. Allen, 23 of 36 for the day. Frank Gore, 14 of 76 rushing. Buffalo, 416 yards. If they could put up those type of numbers consistently, Allen doesn't make the mistakes. What Josh Allen has to do is now take that next step. He's a young quarterback on a team with a very good defense. He has to learn that he doesn't have to try to win every game. When he had that lead, he needed to throw the ball away more. He was forcing throws into situations he shouldn't have, and it really got them into trouble and got Cincinnati back in the game. But again, hats off to Josh Allen for leading that comeback and getting the Buffalo Bills to 3-0, and while again, the Bengals joined the group of 0-3s. We had another replacement. Again, that's the theme of this early season in the NFL. Cam Newton injured. Kyle Allen makes uh, makes the first start, goes into Arizona, trails that game early, and what happens? Kyle Allen ends up 19 of 26 for 261 yards. Christian McCaffrey did everything he could do to make the Carolina Panthers an offense that can be reckoned with. 24 of 150, 24 carries, 153 yards. And on the flip side, this Panthers defense, which gave up quite a few long plays to Tampa Bay, only gave up 248 yards. The Kyler Murray, 30 for 43, a total of 173 yards. It was dink and dunk 
a quarterback rating of 73, two interceptions. He was also the leading rusher with 69 yards. When DJ's behind you and can carry the ball 11 times for only 37 yards, it's going to be a concern for this Arizona Cardinals. It's not the offense we've seen. Yes, they moved the ball against Baltimore, struggled back at home now, and I think as more people get film on Arizona, we're going to see them continue to struggle. And what a wild game in San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers turned the ball over five times yet win the game. Since 2010, my database tells me this. There's been 115 teams that turn the ball over five times in a game. Those teams have gone seven, 107, and one. It was six wins before yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers make it the seventh win in that situation. Uh, again, Big Ben being out, a situation we saw. San Fran, clearly the better team, shot themselves in the foot, did enough to come back. We saw a Teddy Bridgewater win in Seattle, something I didn't expect. I liked the Seattle team. I thought we were the better team. What happened? The perfect situation for New Orleans. They return an early kick. They get a defensive score, or they get a score because of a defensive turnover. And again, clearly a situation that favors Teddy Bridgewater. I think he'll be in a little trouble down the road if they don't get the lead. We'll be back with more after this break at Sports Grid. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, that's G-R-I-D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example... If you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the Bears minus five and a half and they beat the Skins by eight points, you'll receive, you'll receive eight times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Ralph, I appreciate you filling in while we were dealing with some Skype issues, and now I'm on the phone, so all they're going to see is your beautiful face and my voice coming on the air. And in big game breakdown today, we have one. One game we're going to talk about. That game, of course, is Monday Night Football. We've got side to discuss. We've got tolls to discuss. We've got props to discuss. Let's start with the basics. The Chicago Bears, minus 5.5, total of 41 on the road at Washington. What's your first take, Bears and the Redskins? Well, you know, you look at the Bears, and can you trust the Bears to cover this number uh, after what they've done the first two weeks? Uh, putting up three points at Green Bay, putting up 16 points at Denver, 
Mitch Trubisky, no touchdown passes. David Montgomery, one touchdown catch. Uh, I mean, one touchdown run. Uh, can that offense that has one touchdown from the offense cover? Well, I think they can. You know, much of it is because I think Green Bay is a much improved defense. You go to Denver. Denver is a much improved defense. Although, as we just talked about in the breakdown, the Denver defense is not is not putting uh, putting results on the on the field like they should without turning the ball over. But I still think you break those two defenses down, and they're much better than this Washington defense. And on the Washington side. Here's a system for our viewers and our listeners, which does apply to tonight's game. Early season home teams, those before week four that are at home and are coming off a loss in which they only rushed for 50 or fewer yards. That angle is now 2-21 and 21 against the spread, including 0-2 and, and yesterday. That applies to fading the skins tonight, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Listen, in the beginning of the season, everyone tries to establish the run and get their run game going. If you completely get shut down in the run game, the next week's team attacks that problem like the Bears will do. Again, so an early season system, you fade a team off a home, at home, off a loss with 50 or fewer rushing yards, 2-21 and 21 against the spread. Now, you said that went 0-2 yesterday. You know the two teams, the two games that was uh, involved in Ralph offhand? It was. It was Arizona and Philadelphia. Yeah, and of course, Arizona, they were a wrong side yesterday. So was Philadelphia. Uh, that applies to the Washington Redskins this evening. Now, I totally get your point. When we look at Chicago and what they've done offensively, they've done nothing. I mean, literally, they've done absolutely nothing. And Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback who we keep saying, well, one of these days, well, he's showing signs. Mitch Trubisky hasn't shown any signs at all <laughs> of you know, morphing into an above-average NFL quarterback. Maybe he'll get there sometime. Maybe he'll get there this season. But he hasn't been there the first couple of weeks of the campaign. And that makes it difficult to lay this type of price. In addition, we're coming off a Sunday night game. You don't want to put too much into this, but it's something I do consider. On Monday Night Football, last night's game was a really bad game for the house. The wise guys in the public lined up on the same side, L.A., and they cashed. You don't always see that happen twice in a row. I'll just put it that. When it happens Sunday night, it doesn't always happen that same way Monday night. If you want to play the contrarian angle here, it's not necessarily a bad thing to do. But, Ralph, I couldn't agree more when you talk about the Redskins' defense. In each of their first two ball games, Washington, I mean, you can't compare them to what, you know, the Green Bay or the Denver defenses that the, the Bears have faced the first couple of weeks. In Washington's first two games, all right, week one and week two, I mean, really, it was, it was pretty consistent through those two games against Philadelphia and Dallas. Once the opposing offense found their rhythm, it was touchdown, 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 touchdown. What's it, 10 touchdowns, nine touchdowns, one field goal out. And they all came back-to-back drives. The five in the first week against Philadelphia, where they outscored them 32-3. to three. And then Dallas scored, you know, what, they had 31. I'm sorry, they had four field goals and a touchdown there. It's a Redskins defense that has looked god-awful. 
and that's a problem, <laughs> you know, uh, in the NFL. It's hard to, to get involved with teams that can't get stops, and Washington right now can't get stops. But Case Keenum's chucking that football around. He's done a nice job. He did much better than I thought he was going to look the first two weeks against Philly and Dallas. This defense, a different animal compared to those two. Well, maybe not the Cowboys defense. You know, the Cowboys defense is pretty good. But the fact that Keenum chucked it around successfully last week on a bunch of different receivers, that gives me some hope for the Redskins to be able to do that today, even against a Bears defense that has been ridiculously good both last year and this. Yeah, again, it's it's not a side that I'm going to jump on and say, you know, I feel good about it. But I, I, I am not backing Mitch Trubisky at any point with his 58% completions. But I will say this, you know, the, the Packers know him having played him twice last year. And if your first road game for Trubisky was going to Denver, a very cold, difficult situation, I think I think playing the Denver defense helps him this week. And again, you know, uh, I, I, you know, looking at can that public side win both times? I think the Rams last night. I didn't get to talk about the Rams game. It, that was the game we didn't get to in in the last segment. But you have to remember. I mean, the Browns were without seven starters, including their entire secondary. Uh, you know, they talked about it on NBC. I don't know if I've ever seen a game week three that you're missing all four secondary players. So, you know, for the Browns to be that close, yes, the Rams were clearly the right side because of that situation. But you have to put it with a grain of salt, saying the public was on the Browns and the Sharps were on the Browns, much of it because of the Browns' injury report. We don't have injury reports in this game like we had last night. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, the, everyone was on the Rams. I mean, the public was on the Rams and the wise guys yeah. were on the Rams. Yeah, but the books took a beating on that game. And they'll take a beating on tonight's game if the Bears win. Uh, you can count on every, you know, the, in terms of public parlays and all that sort of thing. It's going to be a fair bit uh, of Chicago money. Not many people are interested in backing an 0-2 Redskins team that looks like a bottom five team in the NFL right now. Um, and, and a team that, you know, has had all kinds of problems defensively. From a total standpoint, Ralph, this is a hard game for me. I'll tell you flat out. I could picture this the Bears offense looking like it's looked the first two weeks and this being a another low-scoring defensive scrum. I can also picture a scenario in which Case Keenum's chucking it around and Trubisky's chucking it around and we end up with a shootout tonight. I could see 60 points tonight's game no, without too much thought. I could see 30 points tonight's game without too much thought, which – it doesn't only make the side and the total difficult, it makes the props difficult too, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But do you have any take uh, on tonight's total? Because I, I, I view both scenarios in which the Bears defense dominates and or the Redskins offense can move the football. Um, it's, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion there, and that means I'm not going to play total. I, I can I don't have anything to add to the totals. I you know again I agree with you. I I play the head I play the game in my head and and, and try to play the game that I think it's it's going to happen. You know and I have the Bears the Bears in that twenty four point range thinking they're going to cover. So you know that puts it at twenty four seventeen right right at where the total is. So uh, a few touchdowns, a few defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns changes the whole dynamic of the game. So uh, no lean on the total for me here. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not playing side. I'm not playing total. Let's run through a whole bunch of props, quick hitter style. Will there be a defensive or special team touchdown? I'm using Caesars numbers uh, right here from Caesars here in Las Vegas. Uh, the yes plus 245, the no minus 290. It feels like a type of game where you're more likely than most to see a non-offensive touchdown. Well, if, you've, if you're looking for some scoring, that's probably the only options you have. Like we said, the Bears have had one touchdown. Uh, it's, it's, that's not a prop I'm going to play. How about the longest touchdown of the game? Over under 39 and a half yards. Now, at minus 110, you got to think under here, but all it takes is one big play to kill you. I agree, but that's, you know, you're always thinking that philosophy. I I would look at the under here. The Bears haven't been explosive, and yes, they're throwing it around, but, you know, Terry McLaurin is the only guy averaging over 13 yards per carry, and and I think the Bears' secondary, their whole goal is going to be to shut him down. I agree wholeheartedly. Longest made field goal over under 46 and a half yards, the over, minus 120. You think we'll see long field goals tonight? I lean with the under. Uh, it's a game where I think it's in my head, if I had to make a choice, I would lean with a lower scoring game. I think people can tend to be conservative and you don't want to give the other team great field position on trying long field goals. Will Adrian Peterson score a touchdown? The yes, plus 245, the no, minus 290. I'm willing to bet against AP just about any chance I get, whether it's uh, will he score a touchdown or rushing yards prop, whatever you're looking at, I'm not convinced Adrian Peterson's going to have an impact on tonight's game. He's only carried the ball 10 times. I mean, I think there's value with the no, even though it's minus 290. When we come back, we'll talk a few more props and look at the future book, NFL and college football, right here on Wager Talk. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking it down for you on a Monday. Of course, you know my Twitter, at Teddy underscore covers. You know Ralph's Twitter, at CalSportsLV. Make sure you know SportsGrid's Twitter, too, at SportsGrid. It's worth a follow. The way you'll get links to all the live shows. And, of course, download that SportsGrid app. You can get all of this quality content on demand. At SportsGrid on Twitter and download the app. Ralph, we were just in the middle of talking props. For Monday Night Football tonight, I want to finish the list uh, that we put together real quick here, and then we're going to talk future book wagers, NFL and college. Let's finish the props first. A couple of Mitch Trubisky props to talk about for tonight. Trubisky to throw an interception. Yes, minus 140, no plus 120. Trubisky over one and a half touchdown passes, over plus 130, under minus 150. I think uh, I, I like the overprop. Uh, you know, you look you look at what Washington's done in two games. They've allowed seventy eight point three percent completions. I think this is where you try to get Trubisky 
to feel good about himself. You try to get him in an early rhythm by uh, completing passes and getting some touchdown passes. So I think they focus on letting Trubisky have a good game today. And if you give me basically even money on Trubisky, you know, give me a plus price on Trubisky throwing a pick. (laughs) Uh, Let's put it this way. I wouldn't bet the no uh, on that one. Sorry, you're laying a little bit of juice with Trubisky to throw a pick. The problem, of course, is can the Redskins secondary get interceptions? (laughs) It's not an elite unit. Looking at the other side of the equation, Case Keenum over under 233.5 passing yards. The markets expect the Redskins to be playing from behind tonight, which means Keenum likely to chuck the football around. Keenum, too, is lined at one and a half touchdowns. But with Keenum, the over one and a half plus 155 to expect one touchdown pass or less, unless you have to lay minus 175 on Keenum. You think he can do anything against this Bears defense? And is what we've seen from Case Keenum the first couple of weeks where he's showing the ability to move the offense. Is that real or is that just fraudulent? Well, I, I think, you know, you look at Keenum, he's thrown for 600 yards, 370 against Philly. Again, they got out early. They surprised him. They scored a couple touchdowns. And Dallas, he threw for 200 playing from behind. You know, they played prevent defense. The Bears aren't as likely to play the same type of prevent defense. They They still rush some guys late in the game, and they're not – like Kansas City or some of these other teams that let you move between the 20s. So I certainly wouldn't bet over one and a half touchdowns, but I, I don't want to lay 175. With that said, I mean, I think 233 is a, a decent number. Uh, I think it's too close for me to make a point. I do want to jump up, Teddy, to to talk about one that coincides with Trubisky jumping back one second. You know, when, yeah. when we were talking about Trubisky, you know, I think they're going to have them a feel-good game, try to throw the ball against the defense you can. And there's a, a prop on Allen Robinson over under four and a half catches. This is my favorite prop. Allen Robinson has been targeted 20 times in two games. Yeah, you look, he only has 11 receptions, so this number of four and a half makes sense. But if Trubisky's going to throw to him 20 times in two games, I think this over four and a half uh, it, it's something I'm I'm going to play personally, and I think there's great value in it. Yeah, and of course, you know the quality of defenses that Chicago has faced in their first two ball games compared to what they're going to see tonight, very different. Ralph says Allen Robinson over four and a half catches, and that's minus one ten both ways uh, here in Vegas right now. Uh, so certainly something to look at. Let's talk about the two uh, feature backs. You know, I know Adrian Peterson gets headlines, but. David Montgomery over under 61 and a half rushing yards. Chris Thompson over under 48 and a half rushing yards. Anything you like on the two RBs tonight? Well, you look at David uh, David Montgomery, excuse me, and you say, "Well, my gosh, the guy only you know has 80 yards." Well, again, you're talking two defenses that were good. Now you're talking about a Washington defense that, oh, by the way, is allowing 5.2 yards per carry. So if you're breaking down the Washington defense and you say you're allowing five yards point, 5.2 yards per carry, will Montgomery get 12 touches? Yeah, I think he's going to get 12 attempts, so I would lean with the over. Uh, no real opinion on, on Chris Thompson's total. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced the Redskins are going to be able to move the football on the ground a whole lot this evening let's talk 
future books, all right? And I, I listed, I wrote out 21 teams. The other 11 teams are all at 150 to 1 or higher. But I took all the teams that are less than 100 to 1 and wrote them out here. And I'm just going to run through the list, top to bottom. The 49ers, plus 2,500, are 25 to 1. The Bears, you're rating through these. The yep. Bills are 40 to 1. The Browns are 40 to 1. These are all to win the Super Bowl. Chargers at 30 to 1. Chiefs, 4.5 to 1. Colts, 75 to 1. Cowboys, 8 to 1. Eagles, 20 to 1. Falcons, 75 to 1. Jaguars, 60 to 1. Lions, 50 to 1. Packers, 13 to 1. Panthers, 50 to 1. Patriots, 2.5 to 1. Rams, 10 to 1. Ravens, 22 to 1. Saints, 12 to 1. Even with Teddy Bridgewater. Seahawks, 40 to 1. Texans, 28 to 1. Vikings, 18 to 1. On that list, obviously you have the favorites. You have the Patriots at plus 250. You have the Chiefs at plus 450. But after that, I'm not saying real long shots, Ralph, but everyone else is 10 to 1 or higher. So if it's not New England or Kansas City winning the Super Bowl this year, you got a chance to make a nice little score. Anything stand out to you on that list? A Dallas at plus 800, a Jacksonville at 60 to 1. After the first three weeks almost of the NFL season, when it comes to the future book, what stands out to you? Well, in the segment, when when you had some issues, Teddy, technical issues, I talked about how I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. So at eight to one, there's still some value there. And you and I have both talked about the, the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I, I bet them at the, at the, to make the playoffs at season start, and I bet over their win total. So, you know, they're a team at 3-0 and that I'm, I would look to play as well. And, you know, I, I am not going to go against anyone in the AFC. No one's jumped up. I'm not a – I don't believe the Ravens are legit. Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to KC or New England, and there's no value there. But my flyers would clearly be on the Cowboys and the 49ers get into a position where you can hedge down the road. Now, let me ask you this about Dallas, because there's really is some interesting discussion about the Cowboys here. Dallas has played the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. I don't think you can get an argument from anyone that those are three of the five worst teams in the NFL. So Agreed. For how and now they're going to play New Orleans without, without anything. Them. Or what's that? And now they're going to play New Orleans without Drew Brees. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, they have the Saints. They have the Packers. They have the Eagles coming. They have Minnesota. They have to go to New England. They have to go to Chicago. They got the Rams. They got a rematch in Philadelphia just before Christmas. It's a tough slate for Dallas. They just faced the three easiest teams they're going to face all year. I'm not, to my mind, this is absolutely the worst time to buy the Cowboys because you're buying high. And if I'm looking for a team I want to buy low, look, Atlanta at 75 to 1. Yeah, I'll take a look at them at 75 to 1. Absolutely off a bad game yesterday where no one's interested in the Falcons right now. And what did Matt Ryan throw? Is the six, six incompletes? Seven incompletes? The other thing I want to talk about is the, uh, that division, the NFC North, which looks like the best division in football. And in my mind, if you, can, if you can come out of that division, you are going to be as battle-tested as it gets. The Lions at 50-1 to 1 right now, they haven't even played a good game yet. Do either of those teams interest you? Detroit? Maybe? What about Buffalo at 40-1? to 1? Any of these long shots, relative long shots, stand out? Yeah, you know, it, again, I'm a Bills fan, 
Uh, but I think at 40 to one, there's, there's not enough value. It's, you know, we have to remember that a lot of times these props are watered down and unless they give you a true yes, no option, you know, they're able to manipulate these any way they want and not give fair odds by dropping one or the other. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I might, I might take Detroit, uh, you know, the, the Lions, if they were 80 or 100 to one, but uh, even at 50 to one, the Lions don't excite me to, to bet a prop that they can go on and win the Super Bowl. Now, you know, a lot of times when you're betting these props, you know, pros are betting them to, to potentially hedge. So, you know, if you're to this point in the season and you're taking a team that's perhaps one, two or 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 2-1 and hasn't looked good, and you're looking to just get them to the playoffs and then being able to hedge off of it, that's a different story. As a prop that I think a team can truly win the Super Bowl, I truly don't believe any of those teams can get there and win it. That's an excellent point, Ralph. And you talk about the concept here with props. At less than 20-1, to 1, I don't want to hedge because I'm giving away a good chunk of my profit. If I'm, if I'm getting a team at less than 20 to 1, I'm only interested in them if I do think they are live to win the Super Bowl. If I have a team like Detroit that I say, yeah, maybe they can make the playoff and then it can hedge off it, I'm going to need 50 to 1 in that range. And you look for stuff like that because then you, they don't have to win the title before you lock in a profit. That's so important uh, with stuff uh, like this. The Browns at 40 to 1 maybe stand out to me. I don't know, Indy at 75 to 1. There's some intriguing possibilities, and I like that 49er bet uh, at 25 to 1 you were talking about. The quote, that Joe Staley quote, still stands out to me. When Staley went on the injured reserve, he said, no, no, I'm going to be back this year. I think we have a special team. And for San Fran to you know, turn the ball over five times yesterday and still win the game, there's something special going on in San Fran right now. Would you agree, Ralph? It is, and I'm just going to expand one more time on what you said, talking about if you're looking to hedge. Uh, there clearly are, if you look through a team's schedules, mark down those teams that are elite teams, mark those teams that down are like sure wins. You know, the Browns have such a brutal schedule to open. If you want to play the Browns, take a look at where their schedule is and take a look at who you have on deck and mark the spot that you think is best to bet the prop. So I completely agree, Teddy. There are situations you look for, you know, teams that may be playing, you know, Arizona and Miami in back-to-back -back weeks. Well, you want to buy them now because you know they're only going to go down after they look good at multiple wins. Teams that are playing the Rams and, and the Patriots the next two weeks, those are teams that you want to wait on if you have an inkling that you like them because they're probably going to go 0-2 and those odds are going to become inflated. Yeah, unless you're looking at them and saying, wow, this team's going to beat New England this week. I better bet them now because their future odds are going to drop. But your point is well taken, Ralph. No question about it. When you're looking at future book odds, there are two things to note. One is that the lines will vary dramatically from book to book. This isn't like the broader betting marketplace for size and total, where by kickoff on Sunday, you might find a half point difference from here to there, but not a significant difference. When it comes to future books, Books will always cater A to their clientele and B to their liability. So if they took a bunch of money on one team, they're going to lower the odds on that team and raise them on some others. And that will vary from sportsbook to sportsbook, which gives 
line shoppers a real edge and maybe the only edge they have when it comes to the NFL Future Book. Completely agree with the thought. When we come back, I'm going to save the college football discussion until tomorrow. We got the, all the Future Book odds for college football. We'll do that on tomorrow's show as well as a recap of everything that happened in college football. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We're here in the home stretch of wager talk here on a monday ralph michaels teddy covers breaking it down for you and let's get into it betting 101 i want to talk about handicapping skills versus betting skills we spend a ton of time on this show ralph talking about how to break down games and what edges one team might have over another one thing we can't spend more time on is betting skills because it's boring to talk about but it couldn't be more important in terms of creating a profit look yesterday in the nfl you bet the chiefs and lost oof if you let the ravens and lost oof because it doesn't matter which side of that game you have you're supposed to win bucks giants all right yeah uh with the fourth down touchdown daniel jones got in the end zone there was no middle in that game but it was almost a middle and in college football clemson charlotte you could have won both sides colorado state toledo you could have won both sides west virginia kansas you could have won both sides oklahoma state texas you could have won both sides Wyoming, Tulsa, you could have won or pushed. New Mexico State, New Mexico, you could have won or pushed. Betting skills are really important. And knowing how and when to bet makes all the difference, Ralph. Would you agree? Oh, there's not a question. Again, let, let's put it in perspective. If you bet 100 games and you know, and, and you hit 50%, well, you're going to lose money and, you, and you're going 50 and 50. You turn two of those hundred games to wins, fifty-two and forty-eight. You're at almost your 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 break-even point, and you know we talk about it all the time. It's it's what is a half point really worth? What is a point really worth? Well, the ability to shop is one. The ability to know the which way the market's going. We talk about line movers every day in this segment, and that's why we do it. If there's games that you like on line movers, hey, tweet us in the morning. We'll make sure to talk about them if we can fit it into the show. Absolutely. And again, the, we talk, there's a lot of stuff that we bring up again and again, but the concept of being sure to get every half point available makes all the difference. Game in, game out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Thank you so much for spending time and your busy day hanging out with Ralph and I. We'll do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow's a college football focus show. Be sure to tune in right here on the Sports Grand TV Network. <laughs>